Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Rick Drew. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, uh, there's been some pretty interesting stuff going on in the AFL of recent times, a whole heap of things. Um, you mentioned to me off air about this Pride game. What's that? Um, well, Sydney Swans it is. It's um, uh, Newman from Sydney whose brother happens to be gay, which uh, we don't have anything about, uh, you know, anything wrong with that. But uh, now they're... Um, Having uh, coloured socks this week to um, yeah to celebrate um, the pride pride game. It's only the one game. It's not a whole round. Not every club's going to be involved. It's Sydney, the club that's involved in it. It is interesting, isn't it, the way the AFL is uh, sort of uh, putting itself up as uh, as one of the social leaders. Uh, what well, that rural round last week that went off pretty well, didn't it? Didn't really hear much else of it, did you? I mean, there was no different Guernseys. It was, um, you know, they, they beat it up early in the week and it just sort of was just a bit of a fizz, wasn't it? You could almost say it just faded like a bleat of a, a, a young lamb, you could say, couldn't you? <laughs> so we've been through the Indigenous, we've been through the Multicultural, we've been through the Rural Round, and now we've got a team taking on the Pride. Well, it is interesting to see how things are going, isn't it? Yeah, look, I... You just can't keep up with them, I don't think. I think it's just going over the top now. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I think they've got to draw a line somewhere, don't they? Well, I do. And uh, you may remember that a few weeks ago I actually suggested that the line to draw is to have none of them because as soon as you allow some, then the great debate in my mind is, well, which ones do you go for and which ones don't? And inevitably there's not enough games or weeks or whatever to allow everybody to get their shot at it, as it were. So uh, anyway, that's what I think. Yep. Now, what about what about Erin Phillips? She's come up with an idea, hasn't she? Well, yeah, and I mean, I mean, she's entitled to her opinion too, um, and so are we. Uh, Mother-child rule coming in, you know, the father-son, you know, mother-child. So, well, the, the thing that's amazed me, I can I can see where she's coming from, but I. I'm not sure that it's been thought through all that much. According to what I reckon, Phil, I don't, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that the father-son rule, you had to have played at least 100 games for a club, a, a specified club, before you could qualify for that. Yeah, well, you, I think you're spot on there too, Rick, and uh, which would make, I think they play about six games a year, which is, uh, works out to 16 and a half years. Gee, um, she's going to be reasonably old by the she'll time. She'll be 48. 48. Yeah. How reckon she'll be travelling then? Well, she might be able to hold up at full forge, you never know. Um, actually, it's interesting the, the strictness that the AFL applies to the men's comp with that father-son rule because uh, I've got a feeling that uh, Mr Gibbs would be playing for the Adelaide Crows except his father fell just two games short or something. Yeah, I think it was 98. Yes. I think he played 98. Yeah, he was two games short. But Well, there's still talk that he could be coming back, so that's well, that... head-hunting him, I reckon. So um, we'll wait and see on that. Yeah. Yeah, 16 and a half years to qualify for the mum-child rule, though. That's yeah. uh, stretching the imagination a little bit, I think. Well, I reckon that the age is 48. I reckon she, you know, she might be struggling by then. Well, you'd expect, you'd really think so, wouldn't you? Um, but uh, that's the way things are going. Now, <clears throat> the most recent incident, I guess, you uh, come up with in the AFL uh, is this, um, I guess you'd call workplace relationship concept where uh, two very, very senior uh, gentlemen in the AFL, um, one of which at least I think was on nearly a million dollars a year, 
um, were both resigned, or I think we can probably say were forced to resign over uh, indiscretions in terms of uh, relationships going on within the organisation. Now, um, there's been a great deal of uh, controversy over people's views about that. Have you got any thoughts yourself? Well, at first I sort of thought, oh, good on him, Gil McLaughlin, you know, for standing up. I, I didn't realise the, the circumstance. But, I mean, they're two grown-up ladies um, who, like us, can say no, um, two to tango. Um, all of these sort of things started coming in my mind, Rick. Um, so I think he's probably just gone over the top a little bit because, I, I mean, it's their personal life. Um, I mean, if you, uh, I'll take my workplace, which is Australia Post, um, I'm sure that's happening more regularly than just twice, um, you know, in our workplace. But um, Well, uh, look, to be honest, I completely and utterly agree with you. Uh, it would be naive of us since sort of Adam walked on the earth and, you know, we walked on two legs and were upright to think that um, relationships didn't um, develop within workplaces and um, I have the feeling that, uh, as you've just mentioned with Australia Post, I, you, know, you could mention any business you like, and I, I, I think we have to get off the moral ground at this point in time, uh, and, and although I would be more than happy to concede that extramarital relationships are uh, not, in my mind, acceptable, the reality of life is that they happen, and they happen on a regular basis, and I'm not sure that um, if I'm not sure really that uh, there should be any grounds for dismissal um, simply because of that. Uh, it seems to me that if those grounds are valid, then probably the two ladies concerned should also have been dismissed. Well, that's interesting. I wonder what has happened to them. We haven't heard much of them. We've heard that the um, senior executives, they've been dismissed or asked to, to leave or whatever it might have been. But what did happen to the ladies? I mean, same thing, same deal. Yes, and it's interesting that uh, Gil has mentioned uh, he has actually praised these two guys um, to the top level, saying that they're two of the best executives uh, within the AFL, and I think without um, quoting him exactly, he seems very confident that they will find positions within the AFL footballing system. So I'm just wondering whether it really is a, a token gesture of the AFL flying the flag uh, for what they see as a politically correct um, social, dare I say, engineering type um, position uh, and seen to be doing the right thing. Well, you're probably hitting the nail on the head there. But, I mean, it's come at a great cost to these guys, hasn't it? I mean, um, if they're going to get another job in AFL, well, it won't be for a million dollars, will it? It'll be lesser than that. And, um, obviously, I suppose marriages have probably split up over that as well now. And uh, so it's come at a, a pretty big cost for, the, for those blokes. I mean, you know, yeah. I know they should, probably should have thought about it, but, I mean... As I said before, it takes two to tango. So um... I think the other interesting thing is, and and we should not be sort of speaking other than in general terms. But I actually I find it hard to believe that 
the AFL and parts of the management of the AFL didn't realise that these relationships were going on. And I'm quite fascinated um, to know, and we probably never will, if the story hadn't um, been discovered and leaked and broken um, by the press interstate, and so therefore the story was exposed, whether up until this point, up until that point in time, the AFL, I find it hard to believe, didn't know that it was happening, but had turned a blind eye to it. And once the story hit the uh, fan, as it were, um, then they chose to be seen to be active in doing something. Yeah, you're probably right again, Rick. I mean, it's probably going to be swept, was going to be swept under the, under the mat and, um, you know, hush, hush, but uh, it got leaked to the media and there you go. So, um, yeah. Yes, it go. is interesting, isn't it, um, how those things happen. Um, anyway, I guess we've dissected uh, the controversy of the AFL. Um, it's been an interesting week or so now with this Pride game and then the mum-child uh, uh, recruitment concept and the workplace relationships. Hey, poor old Gil must be a very busy man looking into all these things. He earns a good quid anyhow. Played a bit of tennis with Gil. Um, he's a Mount Pleasant boy, born and bred. And uh, lucky enough to play with him and his brother out at Mount Pleasant when I had five years out there in the tennis. And, um, yeah, so uh, a bit of trivia there. Yeah, well, and he's also got a son who's a very, very good cricketer, isn't he? Or... I'm not sure. Yes, no, I think... I'm not aware of that. Yeah, I think he's, um, you know, they reckon he's of first class, uh, sorry, of international potential. I mean, he's not playing state cricket, I don't think, yet. But uh, I, I think I'm on the right track saying that he's meant oh, to be okay. a very, very good cricketer. There you go. Uh, unless I'm thinking of someone else. I suppose we ought to have a quick look while we're on footy and move from the AFL to the uh, Barossa Light and Gawler. And uh, it's pretty interesting the way things are developing into this second half of the season. Well, this week I think there's a, a big game played at Tanunda on uh, Saturday between Gawler Central and uh, Tanunda. Um, I think, uh, Rick, the loser can just about say goodbye to 2017. Well, you've got the table in front of you there, and I think you're, you're right that uh, I think whoever doesn't win this game on Saturday is going to be that far short of the four. Um, they could be in big strife. Yeah, Williston are um, on 12 points at the moment, Gawler Central on nine and Tanunda on eight, all to have a buy yet um, in the next few weeks. So um, uh, I think the loser could kiss it goodbye. Um, yeah, so, okay, uh, be a brave man. Who are you going for? I'm going for Tanunda. I think Tanunda can... Where, where do you actually live, Phil? I actually live in Tanunda. Not <laughs> no. for much longer, I don't think. But anyway, um, that's another story. Um, yeah, I'm going for Tanunda. I reckon they can turn it around. Uh, no Molyneux back, I don't think, yet for uh, Gawler Central. We've still got the crook arm. So, um, yeah, I'm going for Tanunda. Well, not because I just want to disagree with you, but I, I'm going to go for Gawler Central, not with any great degree of confidence, because I think I said very early in the season that if you look at the Tanunda list when it's when the, everyone's available, it's one of the strongest ones going around. However, they've been pretty disappointing. Uh, and uh, uh, so therefore I'm going to go for Gawler Central. I think if Tanunda brought their A-grade game and their A-grade list completely, they'd be in with a big chance. But I'm right, I'll stick with Gawler Central. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Where do you live, Rick? Uh, well, roughly in Gawler East. Okay. <laughs> Right. Okay, so the next game then we've got is uh, Williston v Barossa. 
Well, I saw uh, Williston play uh, a little while ago. I've seen Barossa, and Barossa are, uh, I believe, a, a, a straight, at least the length of the Gawler racetrack, straight ahead of anybody else in the competition. And even though uh, uh, their coach, Todd Miles, was going to be out uh, for six or so weeks with a um, severely broken collarbone, I think it was, um, uh, you know, they've got, they've got strength all over the place. Barossa yeah. easily, I reckon. Won't disagree with you there, Rick. Um, yeah, and, and, and just uh, going on, Milesy, he'll miss the state game now too in Perth. So um, uh, probably unfortunate for him, but uh, he'll be back before the finals, evidently. It, but it is interesting, isn't it, that, that it shows their strength, really. You know, Miles, Miles drops out with injury, and um, our dear friend... Um, uh, Mr. Shillabier. Shillabier comes back after suspension and just kicks the lazy six against Kapunda. He, he's a big unit. I, I, I saw some of that game Saturday. Uh, next game is Angerston and Freeling at Angerston. Well, I cannot believe that Angerston won and won so comfortably last week. Uh, to be honest, it, you know, in my mind, it had to be a sort of one of those rare things against uh, uh, the, 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 the flow and uh, I'm... I'll pick Freeling comfortably. I'll go with Freeling too, even though it is at Angerston. I think um, Freeling, you know, Scotty Dutchke and uh, Big Cock Shell, and, um, you know, there's a few good good players at hand uh, from the Amateur League. So I'll go with Freeling as well, mate. And we've got one to go, haven't yep. we? South Gawler versus Newry at South Gawler. Gee whiz, that's not the... I mean, if if you looked at the way South Gawler started off at the start of the year, you you thought they were doing a Bon Jovi and in a blaze of glory, but uh, they, they sort of... Uh, the rush sort of died down. But given... I'm just going to go for South Gawler because it's at home, I think. And you live in Gawler. Yes. Um, I, well, I'm going the other way. I am going for Newry because they are still half a chance to make that uh, final four. Uh, they're on eight points and 49%. So they lose this, they can kiss uh, 2017 goodbye. So for that, only that reason being, uh, I'll go for Newry. Well, I'm confused there a little bit, Phil, because I reckon South Gore have got a half chance to make the four as well. Well, they're in their third. So um, there you go. <laughs> Well, that's, I'll back South Gaul and then, so there you go. All right, well, that's been a bit of fun. There's been some really interesting um, and uh, controversial uh, things happen this week, and I hope you've enjoyed our little discussion. Okay, I'll say goodbye. I'm Rick Drewer. I'm Phil Fechner.